just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope all is going well with you. We're headed into a weekend, and normally with weekends, the news starts to taper off a little bit. But we're in the middle of a fucking war, so who knows what's going to happen. We're hearing that Russia may be ramping things up in Ukraine. By the time you've heard this, it may have already been ramped up, but we'll be talking about that more shortly. Now, I always tell you that I encourage you to reach out with comments, complaints, or questions. You can do that by emailing me directly at rationalboomer at gmail.com. Or if you want to leave a voicemail, you can do that by going to anchor.fm, looking for the Rational Boomer podcast, and leaving the voicemail. Well, as luck would have it, we got a little bit of both, a voicemail and uh, a few emails. So let's get through them. Let's start out with the voicemail. This comes from a listener by the name of Steve. Hey, Mike, this is Steve563 from TikTok. I've been following you on TikTok for quite a while now. And uh, I just wanted to say I really enjoy your uh, podcast here. Uh, keep going, doing what you do. You speak so eloquently. I just, uh, I just like your stuff, man. I just wanted to stop by and say hi. So keep it up, brother. All right. Thank you very much, Steve. Now, of course, Steve had no question, but he had praise for me in the, uh, the show, the Rational Boomer podcast. So for my money. That was worth playing. No, I appreciate it. I'm glad you found us on TikTok and then came to the podcast. That was the whole plan in the beginning. I started going on TikTok, much to everybody's chagrin. You're old man. No one's going to sit and listen to you. But I went on TikTok with hopes of gaining a following on TikTok. As it turned out, I got quite a following on TikTok. But the intention always was to transfer some people over from TikTok to the podcast so I could do what I truly like and what I truly feel the most comfortable doing. And that is the podcast. The reason it's most comfortable is because my experience, my life has been spent mostly on the radio. And uh, although it doesn't bother me to be on camera on TikTok, it's much easier to do this show where I don't have to look like I know what I'm talking about as well as sound like I know what I'm talking about. That's the crazy thing about being in radio. Um You wouldn't believe how I came to work some days. I'd have to be there at 5.30 in the morning, come in a t-shirt, tennis shoes, maybe showered, maybe not showered. I sound like a million bucks when I was on the air because I was able to bring up my my energy, (laughs) but I look like hell. And there's something fun about that, looking like hell. Well, I will tell you right now, if you're listening to the podcast and you saw some TikToks, Earlier today, I look pretty much the same. I haven't changed out of my clothes. I haven't uh, done any of that. So it's a pretty normal day. But theoretically, I could sit here in my underwear. Not going to do it. That seems a little creepy. So I'm not going to do that. But Steve, thanks for the uh, kind words. Thanks for listening and taking the time that you do to spend listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Much appreciated. All right. I've got... uh, three emails here. They're short ones. 
First one comes from a gentleman by the name of Paul. He starts it out by saying, dude, <laughs> I guess I started something when I when I talked about that, using that phrase. I use it a lot. And, uh, and so now I get a lot of people calling me dude, which is fine. I'm fine with that. It's better than old man or, or crazy old fuck or whatever else you might call me. So you want to call me dude, that's cool. He says, dude, I love your podcast and I've been listening for quite some time. Keep up the good work. I'm a little older than you. I'm a 1959 boomer. Yeah, you are older, a year older. <laughs> when I was a junior, you were a senior. If you'd been a girl, that'd be cool. But guys that were a year older, I usually didn't like because they were off on their own thing and we juniors were all together. Anyway, I digress. Anyway, to the subject matter, he's coming up with some terms. We talked about ways to tie Republicans with Putin and Russia, catchphrases, hashtags, and I'm getting a lot of people sending me suggestions. All of them are good. I don't know what the best one is, but what he's suggesting, he says, building on the genius Putriots. Now, I mentioned that in the last podcast because I saw it on uh, one of the comments on one of my TikToks. And I thought that was pretty good because it's short. It kind of says it's all. Uh, but he's saying building on the genius Putriots. How about retrumplican Putriots? That's good. Given the words I normally use, I might go with Trumplifuck Putriots. <laughs> that might not go as a hashtag, Twitter or Instagram or or even uh, TikTok may have a problem with that. But anyway, Paul, that's good a, a good suggestion. I appreciate it. I appreciate you listening and reaching out and participating in the program. That's that's important to me. Now I got another email from a, a woman by the name of Vicky. She's suggesting hashtag #Putin's puppets. That's not bad. Alliteration. It says it all. Putin, the puppets, the Republicans. I like it. Thank you, Vicki. I appreciate it very much. That's all she put. No comments, nothing else. She just put hashtag Putin's puppets. And that's fine. That's all you got to do. I appreciate it. Now, the last one comes from a gentleman by the name of Jeffrey. We've heard from him before. He says, hey, Mike, you mentioned that girlfriend or fiance of Donald Trump Jr., Kimberly Guilfoyle. Yes, I did. Now, the thing about Kimberly Guilfoyle, which always troubles me, if you look at her from a distance, you go, oh, that's an attractive woman. But the closer you get to her, you think, God, that bitch could kick my ass. <laughs> so I'm not really feeling her too much. And the fact that her judgment can't be too good if she's decided to fall in love with a married man with kids who happens to be Donald Trump Jr., who is a fucking cokehead. That that makes you question somebody's decision-making. Anyway, I don't know if you knew that she was married to Gavin Newsom. I don't think you could find two more different people. Keep up the good work, Jeffrey. Now, you know what? I actually did know that. I'd heard that someplace, and I remember a lot of stupid trivia that doesn't mean anything to anybody. But this is interesting. Thank you for bringing this up, Jeffrey. Yes, Kimberly Guilfoyle at one point was a lawyer, then she was on Fox News. She ended up married or engaged to Donald Trump Jr. for God knows what reason. Maybe she thinks she's going to inherit all the money that Donald Trump doesn't fucking have, 
or maybe she'll get caught up in some court case and go to jail. But nonetheless, she was married to Gavin Newsom. And what's so weird about that is Gavin Newsom is uh, a Democratic governor of California, a highly liberal state. Now, they say opposites attract, but how do these fucking people get together? Thing is, Gavin's a pretty good-looking guy. I think he could do better than Kimberly Guilfoy, and maybe that's why they're divorced. But she's ultra-right. He's more left. I got to imagine those arguments got a little sketchy. A little sketchy. So thank you, Jeff. I, I did know that, but I hadn't mentioned it. And I'm sure a lot of people didn't know that, so it was worth bringing up. Kimberly Guilfoyle and Gavin Newsom. The other thing I know about Gavin Newsom, somehow he's related, a nephew or something, to Nancy Pelosi, which I don't know what that fucking means, you know. All these rich people that end up in elected positions, it ends up being a dynasty, and all their relatives end up getting positions and making money. Now, don't get me wrong. I like Nancy Pelosi fine. And apparently she's running again, which I don't understand. She's 80 years old. Come on, get out of the way. You've done a great job, especially during the Trump period. But you're getting a little old, a little long in the tooth at this point. As long as we maintain the majority, we don't need some of the skills she has. It's time we get some younger people in politics. That's why I've said that uh, Joe Biden should be the last old white man as president of this country. We've got a lot of young people, Gen Xers, Gen Zers, millennials, and let's face it, we as boomers, our future is here, our future is now. The future of this country is theirs. They're going to have to live with decisions that are being made now. Our lives are pretty much set. Things aren't going to change no matter what for us. Our time is shorter, so uh, these younger people should have a shot at setting things up and doing it better. Not saying they will, but they should at least have that shot, don't you think? Anyhow, Gavin Newsom, formerly married to Kimberly Guilfoyle. I'm guessing he doesn't want to remember that shit at all. And uh, also a nephew of Nancy Pelosi, which is cool, but I don't know. Anyway, Jeffrey, all the people that sent me a voicemail and an email, thank you very much. Keep it up. I love hearing from you. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. If I do a show every day that's 50 minutes long, it's kind of hard to fill that time. So if you guys come up with some questions, comments, or just crazy shit, it helps me chew up some time, and then I have to work less hard in putting together the show. <laughs> not really. There's so much shit going on. It's not hard to put something together for 50 minutes. But I do appreciate it when you do reach out because I do think it's important that you participate in the program. I've always said, people will say, I was on a podcast recently, so they said, you're the rational boomer. I said, no, I'm not the rational boomer. There is no the rational boomer. There's a lot of rational boomers, all of you out there, whether you're a boomer or not. If you're listening to the podcast, for all intents and purposes, you're rational and you're a boomer by by nature of by the nature of being part of this audience. So if you're not a boomer, I will extend a uh, um, honorary boomership <laughs> to you. If you want it, you probably don't if you're something other than a boomer. But I got to tell you, we boomers are proud. 
And I'm kind of in a weird position because I'm a boomer, but I'm uh, the younger side of the boomers. I was born in 1960. Boomers go from 1946 to 64. So I just made it in the boomer stretch. Um, Then I see somebody come out here and say there's actually another grouping called Generation Jones, which was from 1955 to, what, 1964. Now, I don't know if somebody just made that shit up, but uh, the fact that I'm a younger boomer may be why I have a little different thought process than some of these older ones, these Trump humpers, these anti-Semites, racist, misogynist pigs that we relate uh, to (laughs) boomer men. Anyhow, let's get down to business. Let's talk about what's going on. And hey, how about we start out with something that's positive? These days, there's a lot of things that are negative out there. That seems like all we ever talk about. But I think this warrants being discussed. We just recently, like yesterday, got the February jobs report. Now, everybody's all excited about jobs reports all the time. Democrats are looking for good reports, and the Republicans can't wait till the reports are bad so they can say, See, Joe Biden ain't shit. <laughs> Well, anyway, the jobs report came out, and it looks pretty good. You know, that's the funny thing. We keep hearing from Republicans and Trumplicans and all these fucking clowns. They keep saying, Joe Biden's doing a bad job. We're far worse off than we ever were before. We wish Donald Trump was back. Okay, well, let's, let's make a comparison. Let's see how the two stack up when it comes to jobs and the economy. So for February, the jobs report says there are 678,000 jobs created by Joe Biden's administration. 678,000 jobs. That's incredible. Now, you remember back in January, we were waiting for the jobs report. All the Republicans were anxious and giddy about the prospect of it being bad so they could rub it in the Democrats' faces. But it turned out it was very good. But here's the interesting thing. It was very good in January, but it was still less than what we got in February. So jobs are increasing. I mean, the fact of the matter is Joe Biden and his administration has created 7.4 million jobs in just over a year. That's pretty incredible. I think that's unprecedented. I don't know that any president in his first term in that short of time has created anywhere near that many jobs. So Joe's doing a good job. Unemployment now is not only down below 4%, it's now at 3.8% which is down from last month, which was 3.9%. GDP is up around 5.7%. So you got to wonder, how does that stack up against Donald Trump? I mean, he had the greatest economy in history, didn't he? He had better jobs for people when he was in office. At least that's what he's saying. But you know, Donald Trump tends to lie. So do the Republicans, and so do the Trumplifucks. So let's see how he did. Now, over his four years in office, Donald Trump actually lost 2.9 million jobs. 
He didn't create one job. I don't know how people think that's a great uh, a great effort because he lost 2.9 million jobs. When he left office, the unemployment was 6.3%. <laughs> that's not good. The GDP, his best GDP, was 3%. Wow, 3%. Pretty shabby compared to Joe Biden's 5.7, almost doubled Donald Trump's best effort, and this is in his first year with Joe Biden. These Republicans and Trumplicans love to brag and talk shit, but they aren't good with facts. They aren't good with numbers. And when you tell them numbers like this, they'll say, oh, that's just fake news. Fuck no, it's from the, uh, uh, the, uh, the employment department within the government. These are the numbers that they produce, that they publish. That is the actual source where this information comes from. So you can't hardly deny that. Now, the thing about it is, is all these people with the Republicans have to find something that they're going to fight with Joe Biden about. So they say, oh, yeah, well, that inflation is fucking horrible. That's all Joe Biden's fault. The fact of the matter is, it isn't Joe Biden's fault. Joe Biden didn't create inflation. Hell, Canada's got inflation. A lot of people have inflation. It's more tied to the pandemic and how it affected the supply chain. And it's taking a while for it to catch up. That's the problem. Joe Biden's, of anybody, Joe Biden is trying to do things to fight against and to fix inflation, like with the Build Back Better bill. Now, the Build Back Better bill would help fight inflation, and he's fighting to get it done. Unfortunately, the Republicans and Joe Manchin and Christian Cinema are pushing back. They're blocking it. So all these Republicans are fighting and arguing and complaining about how we don't or we do have inflation and we need to do something about it, but they're the ones that are blocking any efforts to do it. Now, some might think that they're doing that just because they don't want the Democrats to look good. But uh, we know from the Trump era, that's not necessarily true. They just don't want to do anything for anybody unless they're rich. They had no problem sending $2 trillion to the rich. But when it came to reinvesting in the middle class, where they should be investing, uh, they didn't do anything. They just told us, oh, man, we we can't afford that shit. So, that's where we're at. And that's the good news. The economy is looking up. The jobs market is exceptional. For the first time in my lifetime, now employees have leverage. It's not just about employers saying, you can work here for shit, and you're lucky to work here. And if you don't like it, there are nine people waiting in line to take this job. Well, that shit changed, didn't it? Now they're having trouble hiring people to do their jobs because they want to pay shit prices and offer no no benefits. Well, the free market just kicked them in the ass because now there's a shortage of employees. So now they have to entice these people. They have to pay them well, give them benefits. And actually, when they get on the job, they got to actually treat them like human beings, treat them like decent fucking people for once. And that leverage is valuable. As I've told you before, young people today looking to 
go into whatever career they want to go into, now's the most opportune time. You have all the cards on your side. You can pick and choose where you want to go to. You can start at the bottom, work your way up to the top. Maybe you start in the middle because they're so desperate in getting bodies. But the fact is, this is a huge opportunity for people trying to start a career or trying to uh, create a bigger career. Maybe you've worked in one business for 20 years, but now you've still got some time to work. Now you want to try something different. Perfect time to do it. You've got all the options open to you. So think about that. And, uh, you know, people will say um, people just don't want to work. Well, the fact of the matter is, if you look at the numbers, 70% of the people that are not returning to their jobs after the pandemic are people like me or older. They're baby boomers. They got into this thing and they got shut down and shut out of their businesses. And they said, fuck it. We're just going to retire. We're just going to retire, sit back, and do what we do. Maybe take some part-time jobs here and there, but we're going to retire. Now, the important thing to remember is that 70% of those people in the pandemic didn't come back. But if you think now that the pandemic is near over, that it's going to get better, it's not. Because as I said, I'm one of the younger boomers, and there's a lot of boomers in this country. A lot of them have jobs, important jobs. And they are all going to come to the point where they're going to retire too. Now, I retired a little bit early, and uh, there are people older than me that are still working. And this is what I would tell them. I said, retire, man. If you can retire, just fucking retire. Spend some time enjoying your life. Travel. Do something. Maybe do something you always wanted to do, but you could never do it. Like, oh, I don't know, maybe have a fucking podcast or go on TikTok. That's one of the things that retirement has afforded me. I'm able to do something I wanted to do, and I don't have to worry about making money to keep the light bill paid. I can do it. I can work it. I can try to develop it. I can make it grow if that's possible. And that's what I'm doing. I'm not doing it for the money because I ain't making much money off of this. But that's not important. I'm getting a chance to do what I want to do on my terms and nobody telling me how I should do it. So you boomers out there that are questioning whether or not you want to retire, if you are in a position to do it financially, you should. Because it's going to give you a chance to do some things you maybe weren't able to do all these years while you're working. I got to tell you, there's no greater feeling than knowing that you can go to bed anytime you want and then get up anytime you want. I spent 27 years getting up at 4.30 in the morning, and that fucking sucked. I was always tired. I was always worn out. And I didn't really have a hard job. I was sitting at a desk like I'm sitting now talking into a microphone. It wasn't that I was doing any heavy lifting or digging ditches or anything like that. But just having to get there and do it and get up in the morning, try to get things done at night, maybe get to bed too late, and then come into work and do the same old drudgery every fucking day. That takes its toll on your uh, body. And it takes its toll on your soul. At some point, you got to relax. And the point of me bringing that up is, is 
this job situation isn't going to get better. There are going to be more and more people that are retiring because we've got 70 million boomers. Not all are retired as yet, but it's coming, and it's coming soon. So you young people, or if you're older people like me, be sure to tell your kids this is an opportunity you won't see again. Things will adjust, and things will tighten up eventually. But right now, it's very loose, it's very open, and young people have a great opportunity to get into a field or a business that they want to get into, and it's going to be easier than ever to get into it. So consider that as you proceed forward. All right, we're going to take a break, and we will be right back. All right, on to the negative shit, and we're talking about the Russia-Ukraine war. This is just a fucking mess. Russia had no business going into Ukraine. They are going to suffer immensely, mostly the people that live in Russia. They maybe don't even know what's going to happen to them. you got to remember that Vladimir Putin is running the propaganda game pretty heavily in his own country. Now, everybody in the world knows that he's a fucking idiot and that it's not working and that he's a tremendous failure. But back in his own country, it's a little different situation. His propaganda machine is working. And uh, there's a lot of people that are buying this shit. I saw a video recently of an interview walking around Russia talking to some of the older people. And he's saying, what do you think about Russia invading Ukraine and blowing up cities and attacking Kiev? These uh, older folks will say, that's not happening. That's not true. That's fake news. That's not what we see on the news. That's not happening. And then they say, you want to look at some pictures? They go, no, we don't want to look at the pictures. We don't want to know. So there is a fair amount of people in that country that do believe that nothing is happening and that what Russia is doing with Ukraine is completely justified, and that's pretty sad. It's not unlike what Donald Trump did. Now, see, these older folks are only getting their news from the Russian news organizations. So that's all they know, and they aren't interested in hearing about the truth. That's very much like our trump isn't it? You talk to trump and you're amazed how they don't know the simplest things. Well, it makes sense given they only watch Fox News, OAN, Newsmax, what have you. That's all they watch, so they're not getting the truth or any of the information. So in their mind, in their head, that's what's happening. That is the truth, and it's sad. Now, even if they had the opportunity to consider looking at CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS, whatever, Not saying those places are the absolute truth, but if they looked at it, they might see a different perspective. It might make them think. It might even force them into some critical thinking. I know that's a lot to suggest. These aren't the smartest motherfuckers in the world, so probably not. But if you only get your information from one area, that's all you know. And if that's all you know, you fight for it. And that's what the people in Russia are doing. Now, of course, Russia shelled Europe's largest nuclear power plant. Now, keep in mind, this power plant is 10 times the size of Chernobyl. We know what happened with Chernobyl. That was a tragedy, an absolute tragedy of uh, proportion we had never seen. Now, if 
If the power plant they were attacking is 10 times bigger, needless to say, the damage and the destruction and the death would be 10 times more than that of Chernobyl. Now, fortunately, nothing happened yet. They were being shelled for several hours. There was a fire, and the big concern was that it would affect the reactors, affect the cooling systems, which could cause a plant like this to melt down, which would be the absolute worst thing that happened. Well, fortunately, the shelling ended, and the fire was contained to an area that wasn't going to affect the reactors, and they got the fire out. So that's good news. But what also happened was is that Russia is now occupying that uh, nuclear power plant. They have control of it. Now, of course, the Ukrainian workers are still there. They're still working, but now they're working at gunpoint of all fucking things. Can you believe that? Can you believe going to work and being at gunpoint the whole time you're working there? I know we've all had jobs where we felt like that, but the fact is a real gun pointed at you as you're trying to do your job. The interesting thing is, I know that uh, Vladimir Putin liked to push out or kill all the Ukrainians he could. If they do that, who are they going to have run the power plants? Presumably, they want them running because if they're going to take over the country. They might want something as minuscule as, oh, I don't know, electricity or heat. I mean, if they're thinking that the soldiers, the Russian soldiers, are going to run this thing, I I might want to think twice about that. I mean, these motherfuckers barely have the ability to handle a fucking Jeep. Or, you know, maybe they could subcontract it out to uh, all those talented folks that work on the Texas electrical grid. We know how well that went. Just make sure they're not working on something uh, when it gets cold, because that might be a problem, don't you think? I don't know. This being occupied by Russia is a problematic thing, and it's that one step closer to overtaking the country. Um, I got a lot of kickback. When I did a TikTok, I said, You know, this is what's happening. And then, of course, it changed very quickly, and they got the fire out, and I got a bunch of people calling me or commenting saying, well, the fire's out. You got it wrong. Well, no, I didn't get it wrong. I did what I did. I recorded when I knew what I knew, and I changed it when it changed. But the fact is, a lot of these people, and I don't know if they're trump or just weird Democrats or what they are, they kept coming at me saying, Well, see, it's no big deal. No big tragedy happened. It's like they were disappointed that this fucking thing didn't melt down. And I explained to him, I said, look, we are fortunate that it didn't melt down, that there weren't problems. But that doesn't mean Russia is not going to hit it a fucking get. Who knows? I mean, Vladimir Putin isn't playing by any rules or regulations of war. He just doing whatever the fuck he wants, whenever the fuck he wants, and who knows what he'll do. But even more importantly, now we're hearing that uh, Russians are marching toward, and I say marching, driving their trucks or their tanks or whatever, but they're headed toward um, another nuclear power plant in Ukraine. They're going to do the same thing? Will they get lucky twice and not do damage to reactors and cause a meltdown? 
Well, these soldiers and this army and this leader in Vladimir Putin don't seem to be very competent, even if their attention is not to cause it to melt down. They're certainly capable of fucking it up so that it does. So that's troubling, and that's something we have to worry about at this point. Word is that Russia is bringing in a thousand mercenaries in a plan to bombard Ukrainian cities. It's not surprising that Russia would be uh, ramping up their attack on Ukraine. Um, Ukraine's been holding their own, and that's a big surprise to Russia. Um, And Russia is big enough that they can overwhelm some people. At least we presume that's the case. That's what we thought we would see when they first invaded Ukraine. But some reason, Ukraine's been able to fight them off. They're not winning the war, but they're holding them off. They're slowing them down. We've got uh, convoys going to Kiev and all this such. And now we're hearing that they may ramp things up. And actually, by the time you hear this podcast, it may have already been ramped up. And they are going to seriously shell places like Kiev or some of the other bigger cities in in that country. It's 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 troubling to say the least. I don't know that Ukraine can win this war. They might be able to delay it. But then I hear other people talking about how this this army is starting to fall apart. And when you think about all these people surrendering, you got to think, well, you know, fucking maybe. What are the odds Ukraine holds them off and they don't get completely invaded? Vladimir Putin, with trying to invade and take over Ukraine, is kind of like the dog chasing the bus. Yeah, that's fine. You can chase that bus, but what the fuck are you going to do with it when you catch it? You see, in order to run Ukraine, you're going to need a lot of people, a lot more people than Vladimir Putin has. So even if you get to take this over and take control of the country, You may not be able to handle it. Let's be perfectly honest. You can't handle your own fucking country. Even prior to the sanctions, the shit was falling apart. Your your economy was shit. And now it's going down the tubes. And don't you think that if you do take over Ukraine, that those sanctions aren't going to apply to you there? If the Ukrainian government is out of there and the Russians are in there, you can bet those sanctions will be applied to you. Because theoretically, at least from your point of view, Ukraine will now be part of Russia, which makes them sanctioned too. Now, Putin clearly underestimated the response from the rest of the world. Here's what I mean. He thought he could gaslight the entire country of Russia, which he's kind of done, except for the fact a lot of the young people in Russia are figuring out what's really going on, and that's noted by all the protests going on. A lot of people, an unprecedented amount of protest. People don't protest in Russia because they go to fucking jail. Last I heard, there's like four or 5,000 people in jail. I've heard of cases where like 14 and 15-year-old kids were put in fucking jail for doing nothing more than protesting. They weren't getting violent. They weren't causing problems, but they did protest. And Vladimir Putin is so nervous about this, he is also considering putting the country under under martial law. I mentioned that yesterday. And that will be an interesting turn of events if that happens. 
because then all these people that do believe what Vladimir Putin says are going to have problems because they're going to see it in their backyard now as opposed to over in Ukraine where they're being gaslighted. But there's no way Vladimir Putin could have predicted the worldwide impact on what's going on as much as the people in Russia may be fooled all around the world. We all know exactly what's going on. There's huge protests all over the world, not just in in uh, Russia. I saw this video of a huge protest in Prague, Czechoslovakia. Um, every country in the world is essentially sanctioning him and Russia. And this is actually really crushing Russia's economy and the country itself. Had he known what was going to happen, you see, he thinks he's a tough guy. He's a bully. Nobody's got the courage to stand up to him. Turns out everybody in the world is willing to stand up to him and sanction him. So his own arrogance put him in this situation. Now he's got a country that's going to hell. I mean, he's got real problems in that country with all the things that are going on. The stock market is shut down for the last four or five days because they're afraid it's going to crash worse than it already did. The ruble is worth like a fucking penny or less to our dollar. You know, there's a lot of people who had investments or savings and that kind of thing. And by virtue of that ruble dropping through the floor, they all of a sudden aren't as wealthy as they once were by long shot. I mean, the ruble is almost worthless. So I have to question, if he knew this was going to happen, you would think he'd have to rethink this whole situation. Why would you do this? Why would you take this chance? And then why would you act like, doesn't matter, everything's going the way we planned? That's bullshit. It's like a kid lying to your mom and dad and keep lying. You know they're eventually going to find out, but you're still going to stretch it out. And the problem is, as you stretch it out, when they do finally find out, and they will find out, it's way worse. <laughs> and you can take that from a guy who did that a fucking lot. <laughs> so um, so that's, that's going to be interesting to see how this all lays out. Now, over and above the sanctions, there are countries that refuse to work with them. There are gas companies that are no longer taking Russian gas. There's talks of uh, boycotting Russian gas. I mean, here in this country, we get some Russian gas, and they, uh, they want to cancel it. And frankly, I think they should. But there's another area where they're having issues that is much bigger than I think a lot of people know, and uh, a lot bigger than what's being reported about it. Russia is having some serious issues with their airline industry. First of all, the big plane manufacturers have cut them off of repair services, parts. All their manuals are online. They can't access them. So you've got all these planes that need maintenance, and for that you need parts, and you need help from these big manufacturing companies. So none of them are willing to work with Russia anymore. So what happens? you got planes that aren't safe anymore that can't fly. Now, you might say to yourself, well, he'll fly him anyway because he's a fucking nutcase. Not so fast because you're, you're, there's yet another problem with the airline industry. 
uh, the largest airline booking system in the world. It's called Sabre. Basically, every airline is connected to it in order to make reservations, and it's crucial in running an airline. Um, Well, this company, Sabre, just cut off Russia completely. They cannot use the Sabre services anymore. Now, this is a huge problem, a much bigger problem than you might imagine. Now, of course, it's going to be hard for them to fly internationally. You've got all these countries that have uh, have said you can't come in our airspace, including America. So it's going to be very difficult to fly internationally, not to mention the fact that money's not worth anything anymore, so it's going to be cost prohibitive. But with this Sabre system being shut off and them not being able to use it, that means they aren't even going to be able to fly within the country. They can't get a reservation to fly from Moscow to wherever the fuck they're going. So this is going to cause some huge problems, not only in just tourists, but in business. How many people in Moscow fly to another city, even within their own country, to get business done? Well, they're not going to be able to do that now with this Sabre uh, program that's been shut down and cut off from them. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. Had, had Vladimir Putin had any idea that all this would come raining down on him, I got to think he'd have to rethink it. That's why I said before, when this all started, before they invaded, I said, now is the time to do the sanctions. You need to give them a taste of what's going to happen if they go deeper. I really think that Vladimir Putin had everybody fooled. I think that Vladimir Putin thought everybody was afraid of him. I think that when he went into Ukraine and all these sanctions came raining down on him, the oligarchs, business, whatever, I think he was surprised. But, of course, Vladimir Putin is an arrogant, narcissistic piece of shit. And once he steps his foot in it, he ain't backing out. He cannot uh, admit that he failed or that he was wrong. So he just keeps doubling down, doubling down, and it's going to make it worse. And now he's at a point where all these sanctions are in place. He's figuring it can't get worse. But I'll give Joe Biden credit. He's finding ways to make it worse. Other countries are finding ways to make it worse. It's not going to be very pleasant to live in Russia. They're starting to feel some effects now, but they're being gaslighted by Vladimir Putin. Give it a couple of weeks when no planes are flying. Your money is worth nothing. You're standing in line to get food. It's going to be a mess, and there's going to be a lot of people pissed off, especially those folks who thought everything was cool, that believe Vladimir Putin. They're going to be fucking angry, and that's going to be a problem for Vladimir Putin. Now, I've had some people ask me this, and I've thought it myself. Uh, People have been wondering if there are Ukrainian drones being used to take out Russian convoys. There's a lot of convoys running around, groups of trucks headed down roadways to go do whatever destruction they're planning to do. And somebody said, why don't they just use drones and knock out some of these convoys? I hadn't heard of any being used, but I just saw a video just a short time ago of a drone over the top of a convoy and dropped some bombs or whatever they drop and blew the fuck out of this convoy. Can you imagine how valuable that will be if they have lots of drones? America and uh, 
all these European countries are sending Stinger missiles and that sort of thing. Maybe all these countries should get together and send out a shitload of drones. You know, they were going to get these 70 jet fighters from EU that apparently they didn't get now. The deal fell through. Again, I don't know how the fuck that happened. But what if you send them, I don't know, five, six, seven hundred drones that can drop bombs? You don't fly as high as a jet, so it's going to be hard for their jets to engage with them. And they're going to fly over, go up, out, down, drop it, and come back down. You can't fight against that. Maybe we need this, these countries, our country, USA, to send over a shitload of fucking drones, lethal drones. That will give Ukraine's, Ukrainians a little bit of an edge. So we did see one video of a drone knocking out a convoy. Hopefully we will see more. Now Russia has also blocked Facebook. <laughs> Now, based on my experience and my current opinion of Facebook, I don't think that's a bad idea. Maybe they should do that. But they shut it down. And in fact, what this shows is a little bit of desperation. We know he's in an information war trying to gaslight his people. Half of them believe it, half of them don't. And he saw Facebook as a threat because a lot of information was getting out. It's ironic that he would shut down Facebook when in 2016 and 2020, he used the hell out of Facebook to misinform voters in America to cheat for Donald Trump. But now it's working against him, so we'll just shut that shit down. No doubt he'll shut down some of the other social media. And that's going to make people angry. People in Russia like social media just as much as the people here. But he shut down Facebook, and that to me seems like a little bit of fucking desperation. I don't know. Just me. Lastly, Putin is actually playing quite a gambler here right now. Now, there's a lot of things that could happen here. Vladimir Putin could invade, as he is, Ukraine, take over, run it, all's cool, and nobody does anything because everybody's afraid to get into World War III. Or he could end up losing power. You know, that's the way of authoritarian countries. People are there for a while, then when shit goes wrong and people don't like you anymore, they boot you out the door. They just fucking kill you. I know there's a lot of people hoping that there's somebody nearby in the Russian administration or somebody that works close to them that would realize that uh, the only way to stop this mess is to get Vladimir Putin out of the way, and they'd be a worldwide hero on top of it. Whether or not somebody close to Putin is able to do that, some people have suggested the oligarchs. Hell, I suggested the oligarchs. But as I've looked into it deeper, it turns out oligarchs really don't hold any power over Vladimir Putin. In fact, it's the other way around. One of the reasons they are oligarchs and have billions of dollars is because of the things that Vladimir Putin has done. They're there to support him, and he's there to help them make billions of dollars. They're also there to hide Vladimir Putin's billions of dollars. So you have to wonder if these freezes and these seizures have affected Vladimir Putin. He'll never say that. He'll never admit that he failed or 
there's a problem. He just keeps saying, oh, everything's running the way we want it. I even hear some Americans that are allegedly experts in military and in Russian military. Yup, this is exactly the way he's doing it. Please. You got 5,000 troops dead. You were supposed to overtake this in 72 hours, and now we're going into the second week. Don't tell me it's going the way it's supposed to. And then they'll tell me, well, this is normal way he does that. He sends in the young conscripts and the shitty equipment in first, and then he comes barreling in with all this bigger, better stuff and the highly trained people. That is fucking bullshit. You heard that coming out of Russia, and you're buying into it. Why would he do that? If you wanted to do it in 72 hours, the way you would fucking do it is send in your most powerful forces and get the fucker done. The longer this goes, the worse he looks. So why would you do it that way? This is just all bullshit. And this is the unfortunate thing. There are many people in this country, people in Russia, people around the world that believe bullshit. (laughs) They'll tell you that COVID is a hoax, but these conspiracy theories, they're absolutely true. When I hear somebody tell me a conspiracy theory and they believe it completely, but they don't believe wearing a mask is a good thing, I discount them immediately. You're fucking too stupid to be talking to me or anybody I know because you're wasting our time. People as stupid as you are should not get any oxygen, should not get a platform, should not get anything, because you're just too fucking stupid. All right, we've got the weekend. Still, there's plenty of shit that could be happening, and we'll be watching it for you here, and we'll talk about it on the uh, Rational Boomer podcast, and on TikTok, for that matter. So uh, stick around with us. Again, send me an email at rationalboomer at gmail.com, or voicemail at anchor.fm. Look for Rational Boomer Podcast. So let's talk and we'll do this again tomorrow. I want to thank you for spending the time with me today. I really do appreciate it. People have a lot of things to do in their life. The fact that you make the effort and take the time to listen to the Rational Boomer Podcast for 50 minutes virtually every fucking day is taking a lot of your time, and your time is valuable, and the fact that you're giving it to me and to the program, I'm immensely appreciative, and I'm honored by it. So thank you. Thank you for that. All right. You have a great day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time. Next time.